Welcome to a special episode of Curbside Consult. My name is Dr. Ken Wu, and I am joined by my NEJM co-fellows, Dr. Krista Nodage and Dr. Admar Zaheen. It's been a while since you last heard from us. Yeah, in fact, this is the first podcast of the year. Is it too late to do New Year's resolutions? Well, we're six weeks into 2020, just the time when resolutions are already either flourishing or withering. Had I made any? Alas, maybe I'm the best Krista I'm going to be. Oh, stop right there. That is actually a perfect segue into today's topic, Krista. Things can always be better. There's always room for both self-improvement as well as quality improvement. And that's why we're excited to announce the 2020 NEJM Resident 360 Quality Improvement Challenge. Nice, very smooth. Now plug the website. Yes, we'll be talking about quality improvement and the challenge for the rest of this podcast. While you are listening to us talk about the challenge in this podcast, you can also find more details about it, including instructions on how to register on our website at resident360.nejm.org and click on the challenge tab at the top menu. Now, quality improvement, or QI, as a concept is not something I'd heard about before in my training. But I gather that it's been a big part of your training, Ken and Ahmad. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, training in Toronto, some form of QI training is now a core requirement of the internal medicine program. And in my fellowship in pulmonology, I was required to do a quality improvement project. Ken, you went through something similar, right? Yeah, some form of uh, QI experience is also mandatory when training in the UK across all specialties. So let's talk a little bit about it. QI is essentially the study of systematic improvement in patient care with the ultimate goal of improving quality of care delivered. Now that spans a huge field, which includes safety of care, efficiency, efficacy, and many others. Yeah, and QI research is new and comes with its own methodologies. Fundamental to these methodologies is the concept of iterative testing, the act of repeatedly testing small changes in a healthcare system and studying what works and what doesn't. And this is the PDSA cycle? Yes, PDSA, standing for plan, do, study, and act, is one of the methods of iterative testing that's associated with QI research. Yeah, you plan an intervention, do the intervention, study the data, and then act on it for your next cycle. That's just a one-liner on how it works. So this podcast is not meant to go into QI research in any significant detail, but if you want to learn more about QI, there's a fantastic expert consult article written by Dr. Lucy Picard, one of our judges for the challenge, which can be found on the challenge website and the NEJM Resident 360 website. I certainly found it very informative and easy to read and understand. So guys, let's talk about the challenge. Ken, what's the challenge? The NEJM Resident 360 QI Challenge provides an exciting opportunity for residents to share their work in quality improvement and compete for top prizes including the opportunity to write an article about their project for our newest publication, NEJM Catalyst. Subscriptions to NEJM and its products, commemorative plaques, and miscellaneous NEJM swag. And don't forget bragging rights as well. For all the topics you could have chosen for a challenge, why QI? Like many things in life, it was born of frustration. Um, So I mentioned having to do a QI project during my pulmonology fellowship. And our project was based out of our interstitial lung diseases clinic, where we studied co-prescription of bisphosphonates for patients who are receiving uh, long courses of prednisone. As you know, many patients with ILD will require long courses of steroids, and that can take quite a toll on your bones, especially early on. 
So we found that by creating a standardized prescription template for prednisone that reminded physicians about bone health, uh, we were able to improve the appropriate co-prescription of bisphosphonates within that clinic. And while the work was done for a worthy cause, what Ahmad found was that there was no real medium to share his work outside of local hospital or university venues. I'm sure any interstitial lung disease clinic across the world would like to implement similar interventions or build upon it. I've encountered similar problems with my QI projects as well. And what I found in my research on the topic is that even in the United States, some form of QI training is an ACGME requirement, meaning that there are hundreds of training programs here alone where residents are doing QI projects. But where do these projects go ultimately? Well, ultimately, I think they just stay local. Uh, You know, there aren't many QI journals out there. And the studies that do get published in QI journals are typically larger scale, you know, hospital interventions or systems interventions, and typically are more like traditional research. You know, resident-led QI projects are not high-powered clinical trials, but they do deserve to be shared in some format. Exactly, because these projects are done by residents who always push for time, as we know. They tend to be smaller in scale, covering straightforward but important topics such as medical documentation, infection control, or guideline adherence, just to list a few of them. So to find out if that market existed, we reached out to residents and experts in the field around the world and ran a discussion on NEJM Resident 360 in December called Designing and Implementing Residency Quality Improvement Projects. There was a huge amount of engagement and enthusiasm in the discussion. In fact, it had over 37,000 views and was our third most viewed discussion of 2019. For anyone who's interested, the discussion is still available to read on the NEJM Resident 360 website. And we hope this challenge will inspire the medical community to learn from their colleagues and find ideas for future projects. And again, while you are listening to us talk about the challenge in this podcast, you can visit our website to find out more details about it at resident360.nejm.org and click on the challenge tab at the top menu. Briefly though, if you have done a QI project in any capacity over the last two years, you should consider submitting. What we've designed is essentially an online poster competition. It consists of two rounds, a qualifying round and a challenge round. The qualifying round invites participants to submit a 500-word abstract summarizing their QI project. That's it. And we've laid out instructions on how that abstract should look. If the abstract is accepted, then teams are invited to create a poster, which is formally judged by our committee of experts, who will rank the top 10. And if you don't have a QI project for this challenge, you can still participate by voting, right? Yes, thanks for reminding me. We will have a crowd vote for the final judging round, so readers can decide which posters they like the best. So for a good project, we're looking for something that demonstrates suitable engagement with the QI process and utilization of established QI research techniques, regardless of the setting, topic, or specialty that it's based in. This involves identification of a problem, such as background knowledge and rationale for choosing it, methodology, such as interventions, measurements, and PDSA cycles that we mentioned earlier, and future implications of the project, such as interpretation of results and future plans. Important dates for the challenge are as follows. Registration is open now. You must first register your team before you can submit your abstract. Abstract submissions are open on March 1st, 2020 and close after the first 100 approved abstracts are received or on March 31st, whichever comes first. So you better register and submit as soon as you can. Teams with accepted abstracts are notified on April 15th, 2020 and poster submissions are due on May 15th. The top 10 finalists are named on June 1st, 2020, with the winners being announced on June 15th, 2020. 
So with that, I would like to thank everyone for helping us put this challenge together, including the NEGM Resident 360 team and especially Karen Buckley. I would also like to thank the NEGM Resident 360 QI committee, which includes Dr. Jeffrey Drazen, Dr. Namita Seth Mota, and Dr. Brian Wong from the University of Toronto. So that wraps up this episode of Curbside Consults. Please visit our challenge website at resident360.nejm.org and click on the challenge tab at the top menu to find out more about the challenge and register your team. Also check out our expert consult post on QI written by Dr. Lucy Picard to find out more about QI itself. We will be continuing our regular clinical and statistical topics for the rest of the year. We'll also be doing more special episodes of curbside consults this year covering interesting topics such as climate change in healthcare, pain management and opioids, and digital health, so keep an eye and ear out for that. Curbside Consults is a production of the NEJM Group, and we come to you from NEJM Resident 360. Our production team here at NEJM Resident 360 includes Karen Buckley, Kyle Simmons, Mike Tomasis, Tim Vining, Scott Williams, and Kathy Stern. Special thanks also to our NEJM Education Editor, Dr. O.P. Hanvik. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future podcast topics, please email us at resident360 at nejm.org. You can also follow NEJM Resident 360 on Twitter and look for NEJM on social media sites such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. On behalf of NEJM Resident 360, this is Dr. Ken Wu signing off.